You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session 13. This is such an important one. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so thrilled for you to get to listen to this because it is a really, really valuable one in terms of of course, all the business stuff, of course, what we always dive into. And also in terms of really witnessing Angie and what she has dealt with recently and the renewed perspective it's really brought for her. So we celebrate Angie's fourth business anniversary in this episode, which is really exciting. But around that time, so much showed up for her and what she was dealing with in terms of racism, in terms of just like emotional highs and lows she experienced recently. And so we're going to dive into all of that. I think this is going to be a really useful episode that will hopefully leave you with some shifts and renewed perspective of your own. Here we are. Hi, hi. How you feeling? <laughs> well, <laughs> I just got back from a very long week of work and I was really looking forward to having coaching today because a lot has happened in this week. I was actually thinking on the train on the way home, I wonder what she'll call it. Because you always have like threes. <laughs> Is it going to be like <laughs> processing, <laughs> partying, um, something else? It's going to be... That's okay, be I'm like ready. I'm ready to have the three. <laughs> but I was thinking how um, <laughs> there's been my birthday, my business birthday in this week. Yeah. And I don't really celebrate. I haven't celebrated it before. But this year I thought, oh, no, I am going to mark it, actually, because it feels like four years. Four years is a big deal. Yeah. Like most small businesses don't make it past, what is it, three or five? Oh, I can't remember let's at this say moment. Three. But I mean, what did, <laughs> yeah, well, but it's for yeah. sure three. So like that is so huge. Yeah. I was feeling like, oh, yeah, I know what they mean when people say you're going to have to get to this point before you start to feel like you're still doing it. And and so four years feels like there's no turning back as well. And there's no, which isn't a subconscious thought I even knew I had, but that was quite nice to to witness. And I think there's something about just working it till it works that at four years, you're like, well, you're not going that way now. So now you just have to keep going and doing the thing. And so it, it was remarkably meaningful. Like you're almost unemployable at yeah. this point. Like when you've worked for yourself for four years, you are like kind of unemployable yeah. to an extent yeah. sometimes. So it's like cool to like acknowledge that, right? I am. I'm a savage, in fact, when it comes yes. to the workplace these days. And, and it's so interestingly noticeable in all sorts of things. So yeah, I had the fourth birthday on the first. I, my last paycheck was on the 31st of August and that was also just thinking, oh, wow, I got paid for 22 years, just a regular paycheck into my bank account every month on the last day of the month for 22 years, for 21 years. So that was kind of cool. And then I had, oh, you're just going to find this so cool. <laughs> I had oh, I got involved in the travel. There was a thing in London where all of the air traffic control stuff, computer just shut down one afternoon last week. And so they bumped all of the flights because they kind of clo- had to like semi-close the airspace over England or something. 
And so my flight got cancelled and I had booked in five days of keynotes. So two Thursday, Friday, and then I had the weekend and then Monday, Tuesday, I had three keynotes over those two days as well. And my flights got bumped, so I couldn't do the the Thursday one and I had to do the Friday one remotely. I momentarily felt the guilt that I would usually carry for weeks of like it like mm. the guilt of of course it's my fault that the airspace got closed and of the British of course. flights. Mm. Because you should be willing to swim across an ocean if you have to or why hadn't I already planned that? Where was my plan B <laughs> around that? Right. Uh-huh. Mm. I I just feel like yeah, okay. I feel a bit like, oh, that's not very good. And the, it's so funny when you embody, oh, this is really, this, is, this has happened. People are just like, oh, oh, we're really looking forward to seeing you. Like, how can we make it a plan B? Or we really hope that, you're, that you manage to, that everything's okay with you. People are so nice about it. And it's so interesting because my, I think people have always been the same, but my frame of mind is completely different. So my expectation is that people are going to be fine and that we'll work it out and that it doesn't have to be a big panic. So that just felt like, I feel like I've grown up. I feel like four years, it's taken me four years, but I can basically, I know it sounds small, but to me, it's the the first keynote of the school year that I had to cancel. (laughs) So it's going in, it's like going in on the first day of work and going, I'm really sorry, I can't be there. It's just unavoidable. (laughs) I can't be there. I know we've had two months of holiday, but I can't (laughs) be there. So I love that so much because I feel like that's that's what you've been craving the most right is just feeling the weight off of that like it's not like you can't like you won't work like work hard or do the thing or it's not like that's any of it it's like the weight being lifted is the craving and just to like have such a clear example of that is so cool it was incredible it was absolutely, oh. it was brilliant, like really, really good and very noticeable as a completely different experience. So I think it was so fun how Angie really mentioned like feeling grown up after four years of business and what a different experience this is providing and what a different shift this is providing. I said I wasn't sure of the statistics, so I looked it up and it's 20% fail within the first year and 50% fail within the first five years. So you know, being at year four with such an upward trajectory, I think is just really, really cool and exciting. And I, I want to celebrate that not only in Angie, but to share that for everyone listening to say, like, if you are beating those odds, that's really, really incredible. And I think, especially as, you know, women in business kind of doing work that is not so mainstream or traditional or whatever, I think it is just so incredible to see those milestones celebrate them take them in and really like make meaning around them and i think angie's doing such a beautiful job of that like really making this mean something for her really making this important and i think she's such an example of what we all need to remember to do because sometimes it's so easy to breeze past that like i know angie said she hasn't traditionally celebrated it quite like this in previous years and so this is your reminder celebrate those milestones celebrate beating those statistics really give yourself credit take in that perspective shift that can come with it because these are really, really beautiful milestones and taking that in is actually what creates more of them. And then just like, oh, Friday session, I said, um, oh, 
my plan B could be that we do something online for the so completely cancelled the first day of the first day of work. The second day, uh, we went for plan B. So I ended up delivering in a hotel, delivering, you know, online it was great. And that was my that was my official birthday. So the the day that I did it, uh, the online one. And that was the interesting day where my son got profiled in the hotel. Ah. Oh. Yeah. And mistakenly, somebody assumed that this little brown boy who's nine years old was meant to be serving him in the hotel rather than just getting breakfast. And so, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll just mm. say this quickly. But, like, if if you guys listening haven't watched Angie's Instagram Live, I guess it was, right? Yeah. I Instagram did a live. I th- yeah, it went a bit wrong several this- times. It would be so important to watch because I feel like it was – you just are so good at, like, describing the situation and, like, the different pieces of it and how absolutely ridiculous it is and how also absolutely consistently this kind yeah. of thing happens. And I think it was just, like, really, really important. So, anyway, just wanted to say that. Well, it was a it was an unfortunate thing because I had – and I explained this in the Instagram Live, which – I had to record it twice and then it didn't upload and now I've lost it. So there's something about this. It does not want to exist in the world as a document. But I took my son with me partly because I was trying to deal with the various familial pressure that there is around my son to make him a part of the work that I do and to show him what I do. And this was an opportunity to take him to the UK and to take him along with me. And show him what I do. And I also just really wanted to show him kind of, I am trying to induct him into it's okay to have nice things, but you don't have to keep asking for them. It's a pretty hard job though, because <laughs> they just ask for things all the time. Oh my God. Those two are hard to live together. Yeah, huh? <laughs> so hard. So it's a little bit like, yeah, we can have nice things and stop asking me for things. But we, you know, we danced that for, for a whole five days together. And as I said in the Instagram live, it was unfortunate. That first day, which was my business birthday, was also him seeing for the first time what happens in the world. And I didn't want him to see that. Like I had underestimated how much protection I usually do. And I have really yeah. underestimated how affected I would be by him experiencing what I think is not a microaggression, but is racism um, firsthand. So... It was just a. It's just one of those days where you think, "What's trying to teach me, and ha- what what am I being taught, and what what do I need to take from this?" And what I took from it was that the work that I do is still so necessary, and I feel mm-hmm. like I've been also a little bit downplaying how necessary it is, and mm-hmm. how much value my work brings, and also imagining with all of the talk of things that there are in. I know I'm not directly in the coaching industry, but there's like a lot of talk about service provision, even whether people need it and which bit is vital and whether the, you know, whether there is a contraction and all of those things. I kind of really solidified my, my feeling that it, it cannot matter whether there is contraction because I have to keep doing this work because it is necessary Mm -hmm. in the world. And that just felt really good because it almost takes out the, okay, well, you know, maybe I should tailor it a bit more like this or, you know, move it. It's like, no, you just have to keep doing this work because otherwise your son is going to experience things like this and it's really unacceptable. And my God, the emotions that I felt, him going through that, I was in tears just before the keynote that I had to deliver that morning. 
as it dawned on me what had just happened to him at breakfast where he was profiled by somebody and assumed to be a member of staff. And I felt this wave of emotion and not just sort of protectiveness, but also just the sadness of what he is going to experience as he gets older. It really, really felt very heavy. And actually, in that moment, I kind of thought, but this is what people are experiencing. So I'm so, I don't just closet him from it, but I also do protect myself from it to a certain extent because Mm. I work Mm. in this field with lots of people who are in agreement with me and want the work. And I and I rarely mm-hmm. am touched by racism in that way as well. Like I don't feel the burden of it all of the time in the way that I know other human beings are every single minute of every day. So there's a sort of yeah. twin thing of like gratitude, I must do this work, but also I'm doing it and I've always been working for and with other people who have these experiences. So it was just nice, it was humbling and it kind of, got the money stuff out of my head because my god I've had three months where I've barely been paid and like ever, please remind me of this next year because every summer I go I never get paid in the summer and this I'm like are you actually kidding me I'm like everything is just going out and out and out and I'm not feeling mm-hmm. topped up at all but it was so good to just be reminded that yeah and I'm also not doing it to to be you know living the life of a millionaire I'm also doing this work because it really matters in the world so that was good All right, guys, so just wanted to talk about Angie's Instagram live for a moment. We're going to link it up, but as she mentioned, she was having some tech issues. I think it has disappeared and come back a couple times. So we will do our best with the link, but in case that didn't work, I just wanted to say a little bit more about that and mention how important it is that I think if you can go watch that you do, because Angie really walked us through the experience that she had taking her son on this trip and the experience of racism that they were kind of met with and her really her processing around that. And I think it is so valuable and important to listen to, I think obviously for the context of this podcast, but just to really like understand and witness the experience she was having there and to really understand why she's having this renewed perspective right now. So wanted to share that is really important and valuable. We will do our best to get you access to it. And if you do have access to it, please take the time to go watch. Gosh, so much comes up for me there. I think the first thing is to say, like, I don't think you're making yourself wrong necessarily, but I just want to like name, like I imagine that some of the reason you don't recognize that all the time in the work is because sometimes you have to put that burden down. Like if you thought about that every day (laughs) and if you thought about like, I'm doing this for my son every single day, I think that like, I think that would consume you like in such a heavy way. And so anyway, I just want to say that like, yes, I think you want to tap back into that sometimes. And like, obviously that's important, but like also, it makes sense why you're not always there yeah. because if you weren't, like, you would be drowning, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's it's really um, – it was it's just been a really emotive time. I had <laughs> – on the business birthday, I also had – after I did the keynote, I had a chat with a friend of mine and we talked about the microaggressions at breakfast. Um, and she said – she's also – she's a friend and she's also one of the new associates – Oh, yay. And I just did a load of onboarding before I left for England. So I've been really 
you see me really wanting praise. I'm doing really good. I did loads of onboarding. <laughs> I did like I, look at me and my team. Look at me. I did it. I I got them. The, I recorded the videos in Loom to tell them to talk to the yes. staff, and I finally like got the stuff out. And we've worked out. We've been just like really getting through it. Oh my god, that's amazing. You deserve. So like, yeah, that. it's just so there's some interesting things there as well. I just need to park that for a minute. I was talking to her about the situation, and she said, "Hey, how about?" As one of your associates, how about you just give me the job of, uh, no, I, sorry, I'm skipping ahead. So basically I had that situation and then she, she'd called, I talked to her about it. And then she'd said, Oh, let me know how the keynote goes. And like, let me know if there's anything else I can help you with later on about the situation that happened this morning with your son. So she called me straight after the keynote and she said, how did it go? And I said, and I said, yeah, it was fine. It was really good. It was great. Lovely even though it was online. And then as she was talking to me, I got an email from somebody that had been in the keynote, a member of staff. And it was basically somebody who said, he was saying that they they didn't want to raise it in front of the rest of the group, but they there were a number of fact, factual inaccuracies about my presentation that they thought that I needed to be made aware of. You are absolutely <laughs> Unfortunately, on my business birthday, I was not getting you. <laughs> So it's like oh man they like I would have loved to know what your like astrology <laughs> was that day like now you had some shit stirring up like what are you playing at people wowza <laughs> so he said um there were several factual inaccuracies within my presentation as well as a clear cherry picking of the information and then went on to tell me that I had gotten it wrong when I talked about genetic and biological differences between the races which is not something that I talked about in fact what he's gotten wrong is what I actually said and then sent me a study for me to read and um, this is a white man yeah and what the sentence Mm -hmm. I really like is that Angie comma this is wrong I I like (laughs) I like that because obviously you need the added emphasis there. I needed that emphasis, yeah. And then an example of the cherry picking he went on to tell me about and cited some data from one of my slides, which also he has misquoted because I didn't say that either. And that's not what it says on the slide. And then he's explaining that he's pointing out the inaccuracies because he believes that it would be helpful for these teachings to be based on factual information. Ergo, he says incorrect facts presented as truth can have a negative and dangerous impact. And then says he didn't want to bring it up during the talk in front of everyone, but wanted to give me the chance to reflect on those points in my own time. Oh, wow. How kind of him so that, to give you that opportunity. That was right mm. after the talk. So it was like... Holy hell. This is like, we're not even at midday yet. <laughs> on my business birthday. You just needed to like get in bed <laughs> and be like, I'm, today's done. Everyone can fuck off. really wild. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I know we're teasing, but that's really, really, really fucked. But I'm kind of, because it's like, it's my business, but it's four years. Microaggressions at breakfast, a keynote, and I haven't had that kind of feedback for quite a long time. And it's not really that I can't, you know, I can't take the feedback. It's actually that the, the continued reminder of why I need to do my work. I felt like I got it at breakfast, totally. but it was back again in a different way. And you do, you need to do this work for this reason. And you need to do this work for this reason. And you need to do this work yes. for this reason. And even when you do this work, this is the reason you need you to You have to do more of it because yeah. this, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was just, it was really, yeah, it was a really interesting day. So then um, my friend who said, you know, 
how did it go? And I explained, I just had this email. And she said, okay, so I'm going to ask you to do one more thing now, which is I know you don't usually do, but I'm just going to ask you to to set me the assignment as one of your associates of taking that and processing it over the weekend and giving you some thoughts about how you could respond on Monday. And just you could just delete that from your inbox for now and just like know that one of your team is looking at it. And I was like... Oh my god. Uh. Oh my god, that made me cry. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. I don't know how uh. to do it on my own. Well, if she was the best like I human mean, team member friend just, ever or what, like, oh my yeah. gosh, that made me so emotional. Yeah, right? That had to have just gotten you. It really did. And she she is also (laughs) my best friend and she's watched me like deal with all this shit on my own for years. And like, just to have somebody go, you literally don't like, like allyship in the moment. Just, you don't even have to process it. You don't actually have to process it because it's not your personal problem. It's like, this is just like stuff in the world. This is like the equivalent of you saying, I'm not sure how to fill in this tax form and somebody else going, I'm going to take that tax form away and work out how you need to fill it in it doesn't have to be that because I'm doing the thing and I'm the black person and I'm the that I have to actually process it it was just like a completely revolutionary thought for me wow I mean yeah that's what I mean I don't know what you're going to call this podcast episode Lofi, because no know, I don't either there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of there's going to be six things not three things go for nine let's go for nine <laughs> I think this example that Angie gave of what she called allyship in the moment was so exceptional. And I think it was just really beautiful for us all to hear that and witness it and be like, this is what it looks like. This is what you could step up and do. And I think that was really, really, really awesome to get to hear and to get to know that Angie had that support, right? And a a little side note that I wanted to make on that is obviously I um, got quite emotional hearing that because I I just thought it was so beautiful and just knowing that she had the support in that moment really touched me a lot. And I just want to say that it's okay to let your emotions show with clients sometimes. I mean, certainly you don't want to make the entire experience or session about you and your emotion. I think obviously that's why we always want to be like considered around that kind of stuff. But I also just want to give permission for that. Like if something is really moving to you or if you know, a client is going through something, it is okay to have an emotional response to it. You need to be able to manage your own. They can't manage it for you, right? But allowing yourself to like go there, I actually think can be really valuable for our clients sometimes and just valuable for ourselves, right? To be like, I don't have to be a robot here, but I also just need to not like give this to someone else. Like it's not Angie's job to manage my emotional experience there, but I think it also is like very normal to have one. And so I just wanted to say that is like this example was so, so valuable. I hope that every single one of us takes it in and it's okay if certain things bring about emotion in you on client calls. That is not wrong. It is simply about how we deal with it and hold ourselves through it. So permission for that as well. I I just can't imagine the like emotional components that you were dealing with that day from the breakfast to the to the even to having to deliver that keynote after the breakfast I can't imagine the bridge of that right and then Mm. yeah 
getting such a fucked email and then like also still being like I have three more keynotes to go deliver across yeah. the country with my nine-year-old son with me I mean like that was just and suddenly I felt like oh it's really dangerous to do this work and yeah. now I'm with him and like I can't even bring him in the world and I can't bring him to breakfast and now I'm going to take him into schools where people might actually be hostile to like what I'm doing and this is just not the vision I have of this week where I'm sort of gadding about going darling welcome to my world this is what I do and suddenly it really put it back into sharp focus actually yeah this isn't it isn't universally accepted you're not universally accepted these things that you talk about are not universally accepted and and in some cases they're seen as as actually like dangerous which is an interesting use of words and then I I went to um I took her advice and I didn't think about that email at all over the weekend. And I actually went to Oxford because we were staying in Oxfordshire and I took him to Oxford, but in a really kind of weirdly performative, all this could be yours, my darling. Which college, which Oxford college do you want to go to? <laughs> I really, it's it a bit weird. Take he was like, none of these. Thanks, mother. <laughs> but we had a, we had a nice time. And then, and then I did three keynotes over two days and, and that was actually fine. And no, hostility but there was a real a real kind of added weight I guess because I talk about him in the keynote and I brought him with me and he wasn't in the sessions but he could tell from the comments afterwards that it, it had moved people and the fact that I talk about the experience of being a black parent really moves people and you could hear a pin drop in all of the sessions I mean it was like I felt like the best possible version of me is when I talk to people face to face. I mean, it's so different. It's so enlivening for me and it's so powerful and it's also so weighty. And I really feel it when I'm with people because I can feel the shift of energy in the session and I can feel the moment where I have people and all the people that were thinking, this isn't for me, I dare not speak suddenly perk up and then I have a queue of people who want to tell me things message me privately explain to me what they've been through in their workplace whistleblow like all of the things it mm -hmm. and and that that's the weight of my work and that's where I want the weight of my work to be not in administrating in doing all of the other stuff so so it's just really long-winded but it was just a really good trip because it has reminded me that I love those human interactions. I've always loved those moments, whether it's with a child or with a parent or in the community where people say, you really get it, Angie. I can trust you, can't I? And then we're together working something out. And it just happened in spades this week. So very good <laughs> can we talk about the fact that only you could end this with like and it was a really good trip overall <laughs> I mean you know, when push comes to shove <laughs> but yeah I mean it sounds like it was a reinvigoration you know I think like I feel like you've had this summer to like almost like pour back into you. And it's so interesting that like the start of the school year started like mm. this because it almost feels like you could handle all of this because you had taken this time and gotten this support. And I mean, even that like, you know, associate that showed up for you so much in the moment, like it's, it's really feels like this almost like peak moment of being like, this is what you've been doing, what you've been doing, yeah. getting supported, taking care of yourself, getting resource, getting the team, all of that, right? Because 
you do hard, hard, hard shit and you need all of this to be in place for you to keep doing this really hard shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't. So there's another two little pieces to this. There was the fact that we sent out an email to all my clients for this year some of whom I was doing this uh, this opening keynote with this week, just saying your team of associates is going to look like this. Or like As you know, we've employed some associates, really excited, yada, yada, yada. Here are their short little bits about their bio, and they're going to join Andy in, in some of the delivery. So because we ended up going through the diary, I ended up going, oh, I know I really want to deliver that session and like being able to cherry pick <laughs> sessions that I want to deliver, not that I have to deliver. And so how many did you pick? I'm hardly doing anything. Okay. <laughs> like, not even one a day. Like, not at all. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Like, not at all. <laughs> so, just really felt spacious and kind of like, you know, it felt really good. And, and it was because I was thinking, oh, God, they're not going to see me at all. And I'm the person that I've been speaking to them and that I'm the person they know. Anyway, did the keynote. At the end of two of them who've had this um, message, they said... We're really excited because we found out that we're working with Emma. She's going to be delivering our first session, isn't she? And I was like, yeah, she's brilliant. And then the woman said, oh, yeah, I did one of her trainings last year and it was really good. And so it was just like, oh, okay, you don't even watch me then. (laughs) So that was was another thing that just went, okay, it's all fine. And the combination of me feeling like I've met you and being able to go, I've got a really great team of people who are going to deliver this work just felt so good. And knowing that, and the, you know, people were saying, oh, um, Melanie's been in touch and we've had all the sessions booked in and the dates will come into our diary. So we're really excited to get started. And I was like, I haven't done anything. How <laughs> weird was that? It was just oh so, my and so, that thing about I can turn up now and do a really good keynote and then have a queue of people and talk to you all because I don't have to do all of the other things associated with getting any of you in my diary. It's groundbreaking. And I know we're just at the beginning of it because it's also been fraught with difficulty the last two weeks as we move to like the idea of having associates and then the actual reality of the administrative just the simple like tech and behind the scenes stuff I think I've run into multiple layers of multiple problems every day and so I'm still deep in the trying to scratch my head and problem solve how we do this and how we do that but as my very pragmatic partner said you're doing it now with this handful of clients and you're going to be so ready when you get through this bit and you couldn't have done it any faster and you couldn't have handled it if it were any more people and we're making loads of mistakes with people who are really really generous about things not quite landing (laughs) perfectly yet you're also making mistakes on the stuff that doesn't matter you know I think that's so important to say too like it's not like the tech stuff isn't important or there's not something to that right but it's like you're not making mistakes on like showing up for a session, yeah. really delivering amazing content. Like that's the stuff, you know, that like also matters. And I think it's just like so helpful to name that too, where it's like you deliver so well on that, that if you make a mistake on something small, like a link or yeah. whatever, like that's fixable stuff. And it's one time stuff, right? Like just like your partner is saying, like you're going to have this issue once Versus you having to be the one on every session for the whole year. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have these issues because it's like the more of these I have, the more it makes me feel like we're moving towards a point where these won't be happening. But I, I guess it's just so nice to mark that I was doing all of that. I can't even understand how I was doing all of it. And, you know, meanwhile, there's a virtual summit being planned behind the scenes and, you know, there's stuff, there's other stuff happening as well. So it just feels like it's been, it's been evidence this week of spaciousness because although it's five keynotes over five days, it's been one keynote a day really. And, and that's with whilst traveling and doing a lot of driving and having my son with me. And that is so much harder than what my calendar actually looks like for, for next week. And that's even with summit recordings to do and things. It just feels not just like a relief that I don't have that calendar, but now I'm feeling into the excitement of I have got some brilliant clients, some really hard work to do because they I need to move them from where so you know from where they are to where they really want to be, and that's really important work. And I've had more than enough reminders of that this week, and I feel like I have a really good team of people who can help them get there so it's just like everything's coalescing in a very nice way what a way to start the year huh I know (laughs) feels like like you were just kind of like dove into the deep end uh on the first day of school so to speak but I feel like that's like what's so cool is you're it's almost like you're seeing that your business can handle that you know like we can handle figuring this out. We can handle all yeah. the tech stuff. We can handle this fucking crazy email because we have associate that is going to support in that. Yeah. We can handle me being away for five days. I mean, even when you were away before, it was like shit just stopped. And now it's like things keep moving, right? I think Angie brought up such a great point here about how the issues are what move us forward so often in business, right? Like the tech issues she was having are what are going to move things forward for Angie to ultimately like expand into having, you know, this support system of associates, et cetera, et cetera, right? And I think having that perspective is so important because sometimes when we're doing something new and issues show up, it can feel like, oh, should I have done this thing? Or this is why I didn't want to do this thing. Or we can just spiral in a million directions, you know, and really being able to see like often dealing with the issues that come up is actually the path forward. It's the path to us getting what we ultimately want is so crucial. And I think just the mindset behind that is necessary, right? Because every new thing we do in business is going to have that. And if we see those as, you know, stop signs or roadblocks or whatever, it's so hard to move forward when we go, oh yeah, this is actually how we move forward is we have the issue, we learn from it, we deal with it, we move on. That's huge. The one thing I will say here as a caveat though, because obviously we've talked about, you know, not passing so many of your issues on to your clients too. And I think this is a very different thing. Yes, we will have issues in business, but how we deal with them is really the ticket. How we view them is really the ticket. If they're an opportunity for us to give great customer service and improve, that is what moves us forward. So it just felt important to kind of mention that nuance there. And there's something about every layer. It's like having the capacity to to problem solve at every layer it just feels ever more interesting. So I think there's a point where it's just completely overwhelming and I don't want to have to solve another problem. Actually, this week I've been thinking, oh, you know, what needs to go on my to-do list is if I do keynotes and people want to raise a formal complaint about their organization, 
What's my policy? Like, where do I? So for me, this is now becoming a layer of tasks that would never have even gotten to my to-do list because I had everything else to do. Now I can refine things in a way that means that because of the kind of person I am around excellence, I'm the kind of person that wants to be able to go to clients and say, I have a process for when these things happen or inevitably these things happen in the kind of work that we do and this is how we handle it. And the more I can build in that layer of safety and security for them that I really know what I'm doing like around everything that comes off in the work that I do, the more confident I actually feel about my work. Because, you know, for me, it's always, I want to have every T crossed and every I dotted because it builds a sense of, I am absolutely the right person to do this with you that I I need to have. It also like provides such a layer of protection for you too, Mm. because you don't have to make those decisions on the fly. Like, it's just like, this is what happens. You're not like, oh gosh, I just got this. And now what do I do with it? And it's like, right. So I think that's really amazing too, because like we were saying, like, this is such big, heavy Mm. work and anything Mm. that like insulates you a little bit from the intensity, I think is really powerful because it's what helps you keep going. Right. And you're often talking about how people need to have a nervous system that's regulated enough to expand their business and I oh god I really 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 like Joe dispensering the shit out of (laughs) the abundance coming my way I've had quite a few inquiries this week which is quite nice as well yeah but that feels like I'm ready you know my nervous system's totally fine with with that (laughs) don't worry about that but there is something about my work which is regulating my nervous system to be able to handle the depth of where we're going and I think that's the thing that is now starting to happen is that I couldn't have reached the depth that I'm and and the I mean almost like becoming a better parent knowing I can handle any well yeah knowing I can handle my son's emotions with ever increasing skill let's say Mm -hmm. as I become more experienced at being a parent knowing that I can say to a client who has a really significant problem, let's say, with the culture of their organization, which has meant the following things have happened. I have been saying, yes, I can do this with you, but I don't know that I can solve all of these things. And I'm moving towards that feeling of, I can absolutely work with you. Mm. I feel really, really happy to work with you. And I've never felt happy to work with people where I don't feel I can do that. And I can, and I have needed to regulate myself around you know, not just having the kind of legal protection and the compliance protection and the and the policy protection, but genuinely the heart space to do this work, to be able to give somebody a hug at the end of a session or be able to say, I really hear you and you can email me about this and we will solve this because I'm working with your organisation about getting this solved. Mm-hmm. There just hasn't been capacity for that. And that is just such a nice place to be moving into. I feel quite emotional about that because that's ah. just like, just exactly where I want to be. I love what Angie brought up here around like really expanding her capacity and her regulation to serve more deeply, really from, I think she said her heart space, right? And I think that this is such a theme we've been talking about on so many sessions lately is she's been resourcing herself so much more. And I feel like this is the episode where it's kind of all coming together of like, so that she can do the deep work that she's really meant to do, right? Like when we aren't taking 
care of ourselves in what ways we need to and we are not resourced enough whether that's with like team or rest or you know in angie's case iron at one point right it is going to impact our capacity it is going to impact how regulated we can be how we can show up for the work we need to do and so I think it's just really cool to see this kind of coming full circle as she's really stepping back into serving clients on a bigger level as the school year starts, seeing that all of this work she's put in, yes, it gives her such a different experience in her business. It makes her feel so much better and it makes everyone she's working with be able to be served that much more deeply. And I think like this is sort of like the thing that we can all eye roll of like, fill your own cup first, put on your own oxygen mask first, blah, blah, blah kind of thing. But it's like, Angie is giving us like the most beautiful, like real time example of like, she's been doing that and now she gets to show up in this way because of it. And it's so nice to be able to build that evidence and really witness like, oh yeah, that actually is exactly how it works. And so obviously this is a, a beautiful moment for it all to kind of come together and show Angie that, but I hope it's a reminder for all of us listening too that like, that really is the thing. Like we do have to, take care of ourselves and resource ourselves first. And that always pours into how we can serve others. You're really getting to do what you're meant to do versus do all the other things that support you getting to do what you're meant to do. And that's like such an incredible shift, right? Because it was like yeah. before it was like, well, I have to schedule the session so I can't also get this email or whatever. I can't also solve this problem. And now it's like, I have nothing but solving this problem. And like, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And you have all the evidence that you have lots and lots of problems to solve. <laughs> lots of problems to solve. My inbox is full of problems to solve now. I had some amazing testimonials this week from this talking that I did from various people. So I'm also thinking that I would like to like so what I haven't I have a few tasks in base camp that I haven't gone to and I I am aware of that basically. well listen <laughs> I think most of those tasks are around pledge and stuff like that and yeah, obviously that's are. important but like the, this is the meat and potatoes of your business and that's yeah. important so I think just remembering that too like it's not like we don't want to move that forward but like you just started the school year you just got your associates gone you just yeah. had five days of keynotes like that the pledge will be there you know yeah yeah and I want to kind of just quickly make use of those, this, this bit of, it just reminds me that we talked about how am I doing marketing? We're doing marketing by me speaking to people, speaking to groups of people as much as I can. This is a really good reminder of that. I want to make sure that I use these testimonials to drive kind of through social or however, just to say, I do keynotes. <laughs> these, this is the impact of my keynotes because I'm currently speaking to audiences who are working with me already and I would really like to have some keynotes on deck for organizations who don't know me yet and who are interested in starting this work. So I just want to kind of oh, use some yeah. of these testimonials to promote that bit. Do you have many recordings of your keynotes? No, and I'm always a bit conflicted about whether or not I should do. I have got the people that do doing my photos are also able to offer video and one of the things I was thinking was the next time I have a photo shoot is wondering whether they should come to my next training session which is in October where I'm doing yeah kind of training and keynote thing and then I could maybe edit it to take the bits out that I that I really am happy to be out there rather than have a whole keynote 
How does that sound? That's exactly what I was thinking. Like if, if we could use that and make like 12 reels from that yeah. or whatever, like that would be really helpful. I think yeah. and impactful where you don't necessarily need like one thing of like, this is the keynote Angie delivers by any means. But I think like snippets of you speaking and people getting to see the experience of that would be like incredibly useful. I think that's a really good idea. I think this is such a great reminder of using what you're fantastic at for your marketing. So Angie knows she's fantastic at being in person, delivering keynotes like that is her thing. That's what we've decided to really focus on for her marketing, right? And so being able to then utilize what she's so fantastic at in other ways, like taking keynotes and clipping them into reels or different things like that is so valuable you might have the exact opposite experience, right? Like maybe you're like, oh, what I'm fantastic at is like writing short, snappy posts, amazing, great, like capitalize on that. But I think where we all get so tripped up sometimes is we feel like we have to be great at the thing that is like, you know, of the moment. Like if it's like, okay, well, reels are getting the most reach. How do I become great at reels? Like, yes, that is a potential and a way to go. But if you're not you know naturally inclined to that that's going to feel like an uphill battle but what we can do is go well what are you great at and how do you translate that so maybe if you're great at writing those like short snappy posts like that you know content or copy goes on top of a reel or in angie's case you're in insanely good at keynotes great can we turn clips of that into a reel just as examples here right but the point i want to make is don't think about what do I need to do to be successful on these platforms as the starting point. Think about what am I fantastic at and then how do I apply it to the tools on these platforms? Like that way of thinking about it will always make you feel more empowered and will always lead to better results because you're actually capitalizing on what you're great at instead of trying to force yourself into something that you may not already be really skilled at. So hopefully this is just an example and a reminder that you get to do that too. I feel like this is really good evidence of what happens when I speak. I love my keynotes now. I really enjoy it. I'm not, wasn't phased at all. I think there were 900 in the audience on Monday, uh, yesterday morning. They were coming in it's on huge. coaches. It was massive. <laughs> it was a massive organization. And then we've got the conference in November. So that's the second strand. And I'm just interested to see how that conference goes as well. And what I haven't done yet, so I'm rambling a little bit, is I really wanted to get into tracking my data. And I know we haven't really talked about this before yet, but because it's, you know, it's like another thing that's a little bit out there yet and not kind of not high up on the agenda. But I've been looking at the inquiries that I've had over the last few weeks and every single one has been a referral. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious about those kinds of that like who are the referral what does it mean and and what do we do with that so yeah i love that okay so helpful i'll make a note of that for next time i want to talk about two things here one is like the idea of like really getting to start to dive into some of the data with angie on like where her clients are coming from i think that this is so important you guys know i'm obsessed with data and knowing where your clients are coming from is one of the most valuable pieces of data that you can have and so the first thing i want to say is if you're listening to this do you know where your last five clients came from and if not i really really want you to go find that data go understand where they found you what made them hire you for your last five clients that will be 
so insanely useful to you. And if you do know that information, the question I would have for you is, how are you using that information? Are you using that to double down on what platforms you're on or using that for how you create content or where you show up the most? Like that is so useful and I promise will make a big difference. And then the second piece of this that I want to talk about, which I'm sure Angie and I will talk about more in subsequent episodes, but is getting clients from referrals. I think that so often I hear so much resistance to that from people. It's like, oh, it came from referrals. So that's like, like there's almost like this bad energy with that sometimes because people are like, okay, but that's not scalable or I can't control that or whatever. And I just want to say, I actually do not think that's true. I think you can run a fantastic and successful business that is based on referrals. And so again, I'm sure Angie and I will dive into this more, but just wanted to use this moment to say that can be a great thing. So if what you find when you think about where your last five clients came from is that they are all from referrals like Angie's, that is a great thing. Your clients wanting to tell other people about you is the best marketing out there. And so just remember that does not have to be a bad thing, but can be a really positive thing that you capitalize on a lot. I just don't know what to say to wrap this up except for like you made it like you made it through the last week <laughs> you made it to four years like yeah you made it through this day yeah <laughs> i know this was a long day for you <laughs> like you made it it feels big yeah thank you you made it to like having team like oh yeah just, i oh it's, it's big just, yeah this is really big i really 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 appreciate you so much I appreciate you so much. Helping me through this period. It's just been brilliant. Anytime. All right. You keep me posted. I'll see you in base camp. <laughs> you let me know on the to-dos, but no rush. Like it's been a lot. You'll get there. Yeah. And then like, let's talk some of the data and referral stuff next time too. Yeah. Great. Beautiful. All right. I'll talk to you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you're going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.